uh, hello there. Uh, I've come down here today because I came to get myself uh, uh, digitized so I can be part of the virtual fans in the stadium today. Can y'all do that? Please step forward to the full body transference tube. Oh, okay. Step in there. All right. You will now be digitized into the audience of the baseball game. Uh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute! Uh- well, would you look at that? Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Carbett, your host, and joining me, of course, is none other than Mr. Brandon Noway from Sports Blitz, and he's the co-host of the show. Hey, Brandon, how you doing this week, man? I'm pretty good. We got baseball in full swing, hockey playoffs starting up, even football practice coming back, so... Pretty good time. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. You know, had that little bit going there before we got started today and talking about virtual fans, somebody trying to beam them up into a game or something. I'm not sure what that's about, but there's been a lot of discussion about the baseball season, not being able to have any fans there, and what kind of remedies or solutions can be done. Have have you read anything or seen anything on that? Well, I was watching the Yankees-Red Sox game on Saturday night, and – they didn't have it like the whole time, but I saw a lot when they show wide shots of the whole stadium, they put in like virtual fans, like from the show, the video game. To me, it looked really cool. It made it look a little atmosphere at the game instead of, you know, just having tarps over the seats with sponsors on it. It actually at least brought some sort of life to the stadiums, which was nice. So it didn't look necessarily like just one of those Sims games from the computers from 20 years ago. No, it actually, it looked really good. You could tell it was virtual. It honestly, it looked really good. And if I didn't know better, I probably wouldn't have thought twice that it was real people. Yeah, I, w- I was, uh, you know, kind of surprised to see they were doing it. So I saw a little bit about a company, Silver Spoon, who's doing, you know, who's created this. And it is quite fascinating. While those fans are just not stationary, they're responding, they're doing waves. I guess they're even creating some of the crowd noises we hear. Yeah, they're technology it's made it really so it's realistic i believe even video game companies now this first the sports games it's people's jobs that's just their specific job is to go to arenas and stadiums around the whole country or even world and record chants or movements and that's just their sole job and contribution to the game is just the sounds that is so cool, man. I would, I love that gig. That and, and the Mytel guy who's there with the umps, you know, behind the plate. <laughs> those, those I always thought would be two, two sweet jobs. Well, that's pretty crazy. And I, I wonder, too, you know, I watched some of the games, not, not with so much with the virtual fans, but with the virtual applause, if you will. Sometimes I hear, well, yeah, you'll hear a louder applause for the home team, or sometimes it's equal. And I'm thinking, no, no. That isn't how it would be in a game, you know. The, the, I'm not hearing any cursing or booing, especially like on bad calls to umpires. I, I think they need to put that. I need to insert that to make a reality of the game for the virtual part. I mean, I'm not going to complain big time about, you know, the pumped-in crowd noise and stuff. I mean, it could be a little louder, yes, but can't really complain about it. It hasn't been horrible. No, it really, it really hasn't. I'm just – and I know before they got all this really rolling in some of the exhibition games, they had some issues with feedback when they were doing it. But they, they've got all that seemed to be worked out pretty well. 
But I, th- I think they're missing opportunities, Brandon. I mean, as far as us with fans, all those season ticket holders, they, they weren't able to get any money from us. I saw where, what, in some cases with cutouts, they were able to get like $60 from a fan. They would take a, their image, and for 60 bucks, they would create something, put it in place of a seat, so it looked like you know, a real-sized human being sitting there, except that they were cut out. And I thought that was a good way for trying to make some uh, money for that. But I thought, what other? And I thought, well, maybe they could sell the fans a presence, not digitized like we were talking with the, the bit there at the beginning, but they could sell the fans a presence on the Jumbotron. Maybe either just one fan or maybe 20 or 30 fans that would appear on the Jumbotron and they could be there to cheer for an inning. Yeah, I've seen like a lot of people like in the NBA bubble, they have like the virtual fan wall where the people, I believe they're doing it on Zoom. They're basically watching the game on a stream, live streaming their reaction. And you can see it in the background. And I've even seen it sometimes when I watch Formula One races. Oh, wow. They have a special jumbotron in the background with a fan. I believe a guy a few weeks ago was pouring milk all over himself. <laughs> a little disturbing, but... Interesting to see them <laughs> background of a race. And Ideally. it's really brought out some really cool, interesting ideas of, way to, of ways to integrate the fan base when they just simply can't be there right now. And at least adding life and atmosphere to something that would just be empty and boring without it. Well, it is good. I'm glad they're doing something like that because trying to be involved with game and if you can't be there in the stands, I mean, a lot of us can't afford a ticket every game anyway, but that that is a neat way of being a little closer. And and I was thinking though too, another way that the owners could maybe make a little more money with fans is when we're talking about a virtual presence, if they could take it and actually take not digitize us, but to take part of us and take take those cutouts, if you will, and make them part of that virtual audience. I think that would be very costly to do. But can you imagine that you have you're actually a real person in the audience. You know, they get some video of you, video of you jumping up and down, et cetera, and they insert that into one of those creatures on the uh, the crowd there, that virtual crowd. And then what the, you could, uh, let's see, do do some upsells on that. So say you want to have a close-up of you during the game in, in your seat. <laughs> so that'll cost you more. So they'll work that out with a broadcast company. And then they could have is like, an extra special honeymoon ticket with a virtual kiss cam, you know? Oh, that was yeah. so sweet. <laughs> oh gosh, it's crazy. But you think about this, what can they do above and beyond that? Once, once they get past this season, you know, everybody was going to, who wants and can afford to go to a game will be there. You know, I worked at the Trop for a while. And if you're there on a Wednesday afternoon during school and there's a game going on, there's not a whole lot of folks there. So you could, you could fill up the stands, man. You know, you have your regular fans there and you, you fill up the stands, you know, put it, put folks up there in the three hundreds too. That would be kind yeah. of cool. You could do like a special like lunch break hour or something. If when they're doing afternoon games during the week on getaway days, you could have people live streaming from the break room at their office <laughs> or they'd be sitting in their cubicle. Oh, I, I, I love it, man. I mean, absolutely. From your cubicle, do it like that. What are the marketing opportunities? I was trying to think of one. Oh, I know. One thing that you go to the games for is you're hopefully going to get, you know, catch a foul ball. For instance, if somebody hits a, ball, a foul ball or a home run and that 
ball hits your image in the crowd, then they should have an upsell feature for you to get, to get that ball. And of course it costs more with the autograph. It's, it's another way. What can I say? Yeah. And this is a little off topic, but it's kind of along the lines of that. But what the lightning are doing is on game days, you can actually pick up food from the arena to take home, like pick up at a normal restaurant. So you can go to the arena on game day and get an arena hot dog and take it home. It's basically like you're at the game, but you get the stadium food at, on your own couch. I love it. I mean, actually, one of the things I was thinking about earlier, I wrote down too, is you should have the privilege of having, say, overpriced beer, nachos, hot dogs with crowd being brought to your, your home by the delivery person. But one of the things I think they should do is they approach your door and say, got your cold beer here. You got your cold beer. You know, cotton candy. Should have some of that going throw it at you from the street. That's exactly <laughs> I love that. Uh, or you could pass it down, pass it up the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that image. <laughs> and, you know, in the uh, the local convenience store, Publix is a big one right here, local convenience store could put some kind of tailgating food package together and bundled with, you know, with Zoom so that you can have your call with other fans and you can all have your little tailgating food package brought to your home and you can participate that way before the game. We're coming up with some pretty good ideas. We should go pitch this to some teams. Yeah, MLB, we're giving all this stuff to you for uh, free, but actually maybe we'll write it up, Brandon, and we'll make it uh, into to something where we can make some cash, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have one last one I think here. Uh, I think that – they should have a yoga instructor come visit your home or virtually on your screen to prepare you for the seventh inning stretch. Ooh. Okay. I stepped over a line, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny though. And trying to figure a way to incorporate ourselves into the game and MLB is trying to make some part of that. And I, I appreciate everything that they're doing. It's, it's difficult times. And because of these difficult times, you know, they're having to take a lot of, of you know, unique measures. And that certainly holds true when you and I were talking about bad behavior last week. Oh, yeah. Bad boys. Bad boys. You know, Mr. Zach and Mr. Clevenger, they broke from the tribe. Looking back, at it, these are two guys who were supposed to be staying quarantined basically in the hotel while they were in Chicago. And both of them went out. And uh, that was, you know, they, they broke the rules on that. Please, I think Clevenger didn't come back that evening. Uh, Zach didn't come back until like three in the morning and the COVID cop caught him. Then basically they said to uh, Clevenger didn't say anything until he was on the plane, but they did catch police act. And they said, you know what? You're going to go home in a car. You're not going to ride with us. You're not going to fly with us rather, you know, here's lunch money and go. It's, it's kind of like on those TV shows when they fire somebody and they just like, okay, here's your stuff. Have a good day. They just leave them there. Yeah, you, you've been voted off the island right now. It's like when you watch Hell's Kitchen and they eliminate people and they send them out the back door into like a cheap, nondescript taxi. <laughs> like nothing nice. It's just you go out the back door into this old, dirty looking taxi and your flight leaves at nine. Yeah, it, it's not surprisingly, I think that the club response, I thought it was appropriate. I don't know about you, but I'm, Immediately, you know, like the one thing they did there, then they also talked about they need to be able, 
let's see, I was hearing a quote from Terry Francona, and he said that to get some trust, to earn it back, and they're going to have to earn that back. And basically, it's putting the responsibility back on them. You know, also, they sent these guys down, too, didn't they? I mean, they sent them down to uh, the alternate site, and they weren't necessarily going to come back. Yeah, and there, there could be a potentially bigger penalty if they don't bring them up within a certain amount of time because I believe in, if they spend a certain amount of time down there at the alternate site, Clevenger's free agency gets delayed another year, and I believe wow. Plesax, it affects his like Super 2. I'm, I'm no expert with the contracts and you know Super 2, all this stuff, but I do know that if they're down there for a certain amount of time, it'll affect their service time, and they could not be free agents for another year. So you, you want to talk about a heck of a punishment. Yeah, that's, that's just, I mean, that would definitely be a career punch. And I'm sure, I'm sure that that's something that the agents would fight back on. I don't know how that would all play out. But I was a little disappointed too, though, you know, talking about Police Act's response to all this. <laughs> the man, instead of fessing up and making some kind of resolution to his other players in the, with the Indians, he instead decided to post something on his Instagram account, pretty much point a finger in every other direction. You know, he started out with something like the media is terrible, man. You know, they do some evil things to create stories and make things sound better and make things sound worse. And I don't know what that meant, but that's what he said. He said, yeah, not a whole lot of taking responsibility. No, no, he, no, he, he didn't. And he said, what lessons were taught. I thought, yeah, but we're in the absorbed <laughs> lessons were taught. Yeah. He was talking the whole, whole time, and he says that like lessons were learned and that he cares for people. I was watching it. It felt like nothing was learned, and he really doesn't care for anybody else, even though he says he does. Yeah, and, and the poor guy, man, he says you know, he, he talked to his personal doctor, and his doctor did not know the CDC recommendations for that state. <laughs> Newsflash, nobody does. Yeah. And, and the CDC uh, probably doesn't either. <laughs> But, you know, don't look them up online, Zach. You know, and the other thing, too, is he said that that didn't absolve him from breaking the MLB protocol rules. Yes, I mean, he should be following the CDC recommendations, but it was very clear what the MLB protocol rules were. And then he goes on to say, you know, my, my mom is a nurse, so I'm, I'm sympathetic to all this. And I thought, eh, not so much. And his poor mother getting pulled into that little Instagram rant of his. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's sad, but... I want to come back. We're going to talk about how that impacts the team in a moment. But one thing I want to mention is, ah, uh, yes, Fernando. Fernando Tatis Jr., talking about bad behavior. Can you bring up a little bit about that with what we saw in the, uh, the game? Oh, yeah. It's, it was later in the game. I believe it was like the seventh inning, and the Padres were up pretty big. I believe it was about 10 to 4 at the time. Yep. You know, it's a 3 nothing count, bases loaded. And the pitcher throws the ball, meatball right down the middle of the plate, and he hits a bomb. And apparently the Rangers didn't appreciate that. It's apparently the Padres' fault that the Rangers were sucking that night. And <laughs> getting blown out. It's nothing to do with them. And they decided to throw a fit saying it's, you know, it's that's not how you were brought up to play the game, or it's an unwritten rule, whatever that means. Even the Padre Padres manager whose first name escapes me. I know his last name is Tingler. Love that name. <laughs> he, he said that he gave Tatis a sign to don't swing, let the pitch go, and 
I can understand that being upset about that. You know, you miss a sign. You're supposed to do what your coaches tell you to do. And maybe he just missed it. Maybe he just ignored it. But as a professional athlete, both sides are getting paid to go out there and do the best. It's not their job to worry about. Am I hurting their feelings by running up the score on them? Or is there like a certain point where you're like, okay, we'll let off the brakes if you let off the brakes too and you promise not to come back? Because that could easily happen. We've seen it happen before where teams are up big and then the other team will come storming back and win the game. It happens every year, all the time. It just seems like one of those weird, old, unwritten rules that nobody understands and they only whip out as an excuse when they're on the bad end of it. Well, and that's the case. I mean, let's face it. The unwritten rules to me are always kind of a joke anyway. And I understand, you know, as far as like running the, the points up, but my gosh, man, you're three and all and the guy's throwing it right in front of you. What do you do? You, you just stand back and don't, don't go after it. You're a professional athlete. You're, this is what you trained for. You know, it's, it's not to sit and hold back. You have that opportunity. Why in, why in the earth wouldn't you go ahead and do that? So I, I was a little disappointed that he, there was some kind of remarks that he shouldn't be doing that. And even he, I guess, felt some of the pressure because he apologized. He apologized to folks for it, which I thought was unnecessary. Yeah, he, it kind of, like his apology to me, it kind of seemed like he didn't mean to upset anybody. He was trying to play. And it was more like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to upset you guys. I was just just out there doing my job and hit a grand slam. And that's what happened. It didn't seem like he was trying to be disrespectful or anything. He didn't like just sit there and stare at it or walk no. around the bases on the trot. He, he didn't showboat or pimp it, whatever you call it. He, he didn't do anything wrong, in my opinion. He shouldn't have to apologize. No, I, I found it uh, entertaining and amusing and, uh, that how many of the folks were supportive of him, other players and folks just like what Trevor Bauer came back, you know, and here we're talking about a pitcher <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's, yeah, man, you know, the thing is you did what you're supposed to do. You're a professional athlete. You're supposed to go after that. You're, and the only thing he gave grief for it also was for uh, apologizing. <laughs> and Trevor Bauer, he's, he's one of those guys that I think if you see MLB, like we see it all the time now, like if MLB grows their presence and like marketing stuff like that, I think he's going to really be the guy that leads the way. Cause he, I believe he partly owns a marketing company. Or he's partly involved some way. Yeah. Mo- Momentum. I think it's name is, I'm not sure. Yeah. He's, he seems like one of those guys that's really trying to lead the way and growing the game, which should be encouraged, but some people just don't seem to want to do that for some reason. Can you imagine if you take, what Trevor Byer is doing. If you take what Trevor Byer is doing and if you put that with Mike Trout, <laughs> if Mike Trout had some of that personality or some of that uh, direction to where he was doing the type of marketing, Mike Trout to me, you know, he's one of these people who's always rather kind of quiet and then uh, he just goes out there and performs. I'm sure that Rob Manfred would be absolutely ecstatic if somebody like Mike Trout was a little bit more visible above and beyond what he's doing there at the plate and in the outfield. Yeah. Trout seems like one of those guys where like he doesn't want to be bigger than the game. He kind of just wants to play baseball, be the best player he possibly can, not really cause any trouble or do anything special. 
he just wants to play baseball and that's great for him and great for the angels but it's kind of like a lost opportunity because you want your biggest stars to be out there putting themselves out there and being marketable and maybe he just doesn't want to do that yeah and, and you know in truth that's his choice you know unless he had something written into his contract otherwise i want to i want to come back to bad behavior and talking about the impact that you're looking at the Indians, you're looking at the Cleveland Indians, and what happened when they sent those two, you know, pretty good pitchers down. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, what are we going to have as part of the trap for our success this year? What's going to happen? It was a little amazing thing. Guess what? It, it didn't matter. It did not matter. They went on to play Detroit, and what did they win? Two or three games against Detroit. Bam. Um. Yes, they, were, they swept Detroit over the weekend. I believe it was in Detroit, too, and it was pretty convincing. Yeah, so that's going on. And then the manager of Detroit, about a week ago, I guess, you're looking at one of his primary people that you'd think maybe would be coming up. Was it Casey Mize? Yeah, their, their GM, Casey, or not their, Casey Mize, one of their, I believe is their number one prospect in their entire organization. There's a big movement, you know, bring the younger kids up. And their GM, Alavila, or Avila, I don't know exactly how you pronounce it. I've heard pronounced <laughs> all sorts of different ways. He basically came out and said that, like, there's no chance of them coming up just yet. We want them to get reps. They're, they're just not ready yet. And that was Friday afternoon. And then Monday morning, around lunchtime, maybe, you get the news that, Casey Mize is coming up after they did like a secret scouting report over the weekend. It's just weird how like some of these teams will do. It's like you're lying straight through your teeth. Like he's not ready. He's not close. We want him to get reps, but you can't really use the summer training camp as an excuse that he's not getting reps because this is no different than what you're doing down there. If you want to bring him up, face real competition and get better, you can bring him up. And if you want him to build his pitch count up, you can start him as a reliever like the Rays did with David Price, or you right. can, or especially nowadays, you could do what the Rays are, have done with McKay and stuff, have them be openers and slowly build up their arm strength and their repertoire and let them go deeper and deeper into games. And then feel like, okay, you look like you're ready. Go ahead. Well, you know, and that's, that's funny you say about McKay because I kept thinking, when are we going to see him? When are we going to see him? And now, you know, being a race fan, too, I'm also been saying that about Wander Franco. When are we going to see? I'm, you know, it sounds like Detroit made a decision they need to make. I mean, if you're losing three games in a row to Cleveland and they're out some of their prime players in a time that you would think they may be feeling challenged anyway. So I'm really curious to see how that all changes. But I've never really been surprised when I'm looking at some of these folks and saying, okay, I understand that you're not going to share a lineup just before a game. But something like this, that didn't really make sense to sit in your back pocket. Or maybe he was just undecided. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, and you want to talk about a bad pitching staff. The, the uh, Tigers, they're the worst in the major leagues. They have the highest ERA at 6.78. And it's not a very good match. <laughs> at least somebody has like a 10.5 ERA. Good gravy, man. <laughs> I mean, so – I mean, yeah. with an expanded postseason and everything and a shortened season, why not take a shot? Let them develop against the best Ooh. instead of doing pickup games against 
against the same teams. It it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I, this year, I think it has more, in some ways, very restrictive, but also a time of great flexibility and a great time to experiment. Just yeah. ask Heim Bloom. <laughs> yeah, how's that going for him? <laughs> well, the thing of it is, if – if you're looking at Boston and if you have to have a bad season, I guess this is the one to have. I guess they'll have some sort of budget, some sort of thing they can work with. The thing of it is you look at some of those top teams like the Red Sox and the Yankees, and they have not necessarily had a strong farm system because they've had deep pocketbooks. You know, they've been able to reach in there and buy players at a top level. I mean, bringing on Gary Coe. Yeah. But at least like the Yankees, what they've done the last few years, they actually built up their minor league system, you know, with guys like Judge and then Sanchez. True. They actually built up their system and they didn't just go out and buy it like they, they could, which they could still do easily. They, they just did it with Cole and Stanton whenever he's not hurt. Well, they've got the ability to do that, but you're right. I've forgotten how, how much of that did come actually from their farm system. And the farm system is, is an important part. But let's let's take a look here now. We've we've seen what's going on with the bad behavior. <laughs> and I'm curious to see how that plays out. I'm really was excited to hear too about taking care of, of, of making sure that getting rid of the unspoken rules. The unspoken rules to me are just just a waste. In the virtual fans, I'm glad you dug out some of that information too. It was kind of neat. But I was wondering if you could go ahead and share with us the roundup here from Mr. Brandon. All right, so we'll start back with last week. We'll start up in the Motor City. We had the White Sox taking on the Fighting Feline Tigers, who were beaten up yet again as the White Sox took two out of three. Then heading over to New, heading up to New England, we had the Rays taking on the Red Sox up at Fenway, who honestly rough times up in Boston, but I don't feel bad at all as the Rays swept them for nothing. Heading out west, you had the Diamondbacks taking on the Rockies. They took two out of three. Then heading out to California, had the A's going to Anaheim to take on the Angels, with the Angels taking two out of three. Then you had a quick two-game series in Ohio with the Cubs taking on the Indians, with the Cubs taking two, taking the two games. Then up in Buffalo, the Marlins took on the Buffalo Blue Jays, as they're affectionately called nowadays, splitting that series a game apiece. Then heading back over to Ohio, you have the Royals taking on the Reds, both of those teams playing two games and splitting that series to one apiece. Then heading up to New York City, you have the Braves taking on the Yankees with the Braves taking two out of taking the two games up there. Then heading, heading a little south to the city of Brotherly Love with the Orioles taking on the Phillies and the Orioles sweeping the Phillies three games to none. Woof. Then heading to the Lone Star State, you had the Giants and Astros taking on each other, with the Astros taking two out of three. Up in Milwaukee, you had the Twins and Brewers taking on each other, with the Twins taking two out of three. Then a four-game series up in, up in the Big Apple with the Nationals and Mets, both teams splitting that series two games apiece. Going back to Texas, you have the Mariners and Rangers taking on each other, with the Rangers taking two out of three. Then heading out back west over a four-game series between the Padres and Dodgers. In a four-game series, both of those teams split that series. And another series was postponed as you had the Cardinals and Pirates postponed. Heading into the weekend series, you had the Orioles and Nationals taking on each other with the Nationals taking two out of three. Up in New York, one of the great rivalries in all of sports, Red Sox-Yankees taking on each other 
So, so if nobody was there to see it, so technically it didn't happen for all you Red Sox fans out there. And you're probably hoping nobody did see it as the Yankees spanked the Red Sox in an embarrassing sweep for everybody to see on TV for nothing. Staying in New York, but we're going to head over to Buffalo. Yeah, the Rays taking on the Blue Jays. The Rays took two out of three in that one. They're heading back to Philly. We had the Mets taking on the Phil- on the taking on the Phillies. The Phillies swept that one three nothing. Heading out west to Cincinnati, he had the Pirates taking on the Reds. It was supposed to be a four game series, but they're only able to play two. Both teams taking a game apiece, with Saturday and Sunday being postponed. And at the time of recording, I haven't seen a makeup date, but we. We may see one, we may not. Who knows? Heading back up to the Motor City, you had the Indians taking on the Tigers. The Indians swept that one. Three games to none. Wasn't a pretty series. And heading south to Miami, we had the Braves taking on the Marlins with the Braves taking two out of three. Heading up to the Windy City, you had the Brewers taking on the Cubs with the Brewers taking three out of four from the Cubbies. Then heading out west to the Rocky Mountains, we had the Rangers and Rockies taking on each other with the Rangers taking two out of three. Back down to Houston, we have the Mariners and Astros with Houston taking three uh, three games to none with the series sweep over the Mariners. Then you have the Padres and Arizona taking on the Diamondbacks with Arizona taking three games and the sweep. Then in the City of Angels, it wasn't wasn't a very nice time for the Angels. It was more of a Dodgers town as the Dodgers took three games to none in a series sweep over the Angels. Staying in California, heading up to the Bay Area, we had the A's taking on the Giants, and the A's continue their hot streak as they sweep that series three games to none. Then we had the Cardinals and White Sox taking on each other in Chicago with the Cardinals taking two out of three. And then heading up to the Twin Cities with the Royals and Twins taking on each other with the Twins taking three out of four. And looking up the games that we have this week, we have the Rockies-Astros, Rays-Yankees, Giants-Angels, Padres-Rangers, A's-Diamondbacks, Indians-Pirates, Nationals-Braves, and we have Mariners-Dodgers, Mets-Marlins, Red Sox and Phillies, then Blue Jays-Orioles, Reds-Royals, Tigers-White Sox, Brewers, Twins, and another great rivalry, which isn't postponed this week, Cubs and Cardinals. Not postponed, yeah, Cardinals. <laughs> now, maybe we have 10 games by the week. Maybe. Hey, I did want to take a look back where you were talking about the Dodgers playing the Mariners. There was a little bit of excitement, I think it was last night, with two brothers. Oh, yeah, was it the Seager brothers? Yeah, the, the Seager brothers, yeah. They, they both were on, what, opposing teams, and – each one, I believe, I don't know if they both scored homers last night. Yeah, they both hit homers. And I believe that was like the first time in a really long time that brothers have hit homers in the same game, which is yeah. actually really cool to see because, I mean, how often do you see people from the same family playing the same sport, let alone in the same game? Yeah, I thought that it's a little bit of excitement. Some of those things, you know, that's I really still enjoy about the game. Well, anything else we should be looking forward to this upcoming week? Uh, I can read off the standings quick. Yeah, if you would, that'd be great. I'd love to hear the rankings. All right. And before we go, we're going to look at the standings. We'll switch it up this week. We'll start in the National League. 
We'll start in the East with the Braves leading the East Division, 14-10 record of game over the, the Marlins. And surprisingly, the Washington Nationals are in last place, four games behind them at 8-12. and Heading to the Central, the Cubs lead that one at a 14-7 record, three and a half games up ahead of the Cardinals and Brewers. And in the West, you have the Dodgers leading the West Division. Oh. Good gravy, man. You still there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scared me. Yeah. Uh, I felt the electricity across the mic the here. Room. Jeez. Yeah. All right. I'll start with that. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, damn. All right. uh, I'll start with the West. Okay. And I think that's where I was. Staying in the West, we have the Dodgers leading that division at 17-7 and and three games ahead of the Rockies, who are 13-9. and Heading over to the American League, we have the Yankees leading the AL East at 16-6, and two and a half games ahead of the Rays with the big series coming up this week. In the central, we have the Twins leading that division at 15 and 8, a game and a half ahead of the Indians, who are 13 and 9. And closing it out in the West, you have the A's leading that at 16 and 7, three and a half games ahead of the Astros. Wow. Exciting times. More so for you right now than anybody. I I even brought sound effects this week. (laughs) I'm telling you, brother, man. (laughs) That just about shot me out of my chair. But, it uh, lit up the whole room. Oh, my gosh. And I have a light on. <laughs> yeah, it's about 20 seconds later, I heard the thunder here. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I haven't had thunder all day or the whole show. It was all quiet. Yeah, until, until just <laughs> towards the, the wrap. Talk the most. <laughs> just toward the wrap. Well, yeah. I want to thank you, Brandon, once again. You're uh, hosting Baseball Biz. We're putting it all together, Brandon and I and Mark Corbett. Here every week, you can find us on Twitter at, at the Baseball Biz, and you can also find Brandon at the Sports Blitz One, the numeric one. So at or at the Baseball Biz and at the Sports Blitz One. So thank you all very much. We appreciate all that you're doing for us every day. We appreciate all our li- listeners, and I'd also like to th- thank the folks who provide our music intro and extra X take R U X rocking forward. So thank you, everybody. I look forward to talking with you real soon.